0: You are listening to the Business Society Podcast, formerly known as Think Like a CFO. The Business Society is a podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners, where we talk all about what it means to be an entrepreneur and manage the money in your business and personal life. I'm your host, Melissa Houston, and I am a CPA with over 20 years of experience working with entrepreneurs just like you. And I am here to share my knowledge and love of all things business. Check out my blog at thebusinesssociety.co and make sure you check out my articles at forbes.com. Amber Holly is a psychotherapist with her own practice and she coaches women on how to get more done. She's a slayer of overwhelm for distracted business owners and the host of My Biz Bestie podcast. Full of energy and a warm personality, I am thrilled to be talking to her today about all things business. Hey, Amber, I am so happy to welcome you here today. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to get to know you better. And I uh, have to ask, where in this world are you calling from?
1: Well, today I'm in North Carolina. My family and I moved here two years ago, but I'm originally from Minnesota. So I feel like I'm an honorary Canadian. That's what I like <laughs> to tell people, especially in the last few years when I consider defecting.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I lived in California for 22 years and, but now we're, we're in the mountains in, in North Carolina. So. Very picturesque.
0: Yeah, that sounds beautiful. So I would love to hear more about your business. Let's let get, give the listeners a chance to get to know you better.
1: Yes. So by trade, I am a licensed therapist. I have been running a group therapy practice in California that I still run for the last, I think this is like 11 years. And before that, I was in the dot com world. So I did marketing business tech stuff and now, in addition to having my group practice in California, I launched a few years ago My Biz Bestie. And now it's like, I get to mix the world, like both of my worlds where I say I help entrepreneurs with like the emotional side of business. So it's like the therapeutic side and my marketing business side, cause I could talk about that stuff all day long. And so now I get to do both with the podcast and my membership and the people I work with.
0: That's awesome. So when you say that you talked or you, you talk, yeah, you talk to entrepreneurs about the emotional side of business. I have a feeling I know what you're talking about but do I really? I know, I know, I know. See,
1: that's that's one of those conundrums where I'm always like, it it can make sense and it's super vague. So it's hard to like really know what that means, right? By the time that this podcast airs, actually, my podcast is going through a rebrand. I'm changing the name. It's very similar. The content will be still very similar, but I'm changing it to the easily distracted entrepreneur because I have ADHD and a lot of the clients that I work with and serve have ADHD. And frankly, even... People I know who absolutely do not have ADHD, and I will say a lot of people don't even realize they do, but the ones who are certain they don't, they are feeling this distraction and this pull. So I help I help people with a lot with like burnout or overwhelm, perfectionism, like some mindset stuff. Cause there's, you know, those, it's all of that stuff like life that gets in the way of business sometimes, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's yep. kind of those two worlds. And in my therapy practice, my main specialty is working with couples. So part of how I support people is also understanding like the relationships we're having with people, how that impacts our like life satisfaction our productivity in our work and our ability to feel like
0: we're reaching our full potential. Okay, well that sounds super interesting. So, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like you must be super busy with the pandemic happening and everybody's got all the feels and you know like especially for not especially, but I mean entrepreneurs have their unique challenges where some businesses have been, you know, largely affected by the pandemic, and there may be some anxiety and panic around their, you know, business and, you know, wondering how they're going to survive versus, I think the thing that I hear the most is, and I felt it too, when I first became an entrepreneur, and I still do to like, I think I feel it every day, is it is the most time that I've taken to be introspective. I thought that I knew myself really well before I opened my own business. But I heard, you know, people oh, you you don't really know yourself until you become an entrepreneur. And do (laughs) I ever believe that now, right? Like it it really caused me to look within and see what was going on and, and, you know, exposed a lot of vulnerabilities. Is that what you commonly see in your practice? Yeah, and I think,
1: you know, you really nailed it on the head. It's one of those things that's kind of surprising to people because, you know, you're so focused on the business and the growth and learning about that. But the personal development, Side that's required to mm-hmm. actually make that sustainable. I think that's the key. And so to answer your first question was like, yeah, in a way, I, we are super busy since the pandemic. And in another way, I, I also understand this as a, you know, a long time therapist. I think I've been doing this for, I'm trying, you know, when you get to that age where you can't, <laughs> like 14, 15 years. And uh, so. But I see it that sometimes when people are in crisis they don 't reach out for help and because they 're kind of in the thick of it so i 'm starting to see that more and more just recently, which is quite oh, interesting really? but but also not shocking as a therapist. I I see a lot of people there were people who are very in that place of self-awareness and they're like okay I need that support and some people go find their therapist which is great right because that sometimes I think the loneliness the fear the just the whole world has been upended for people you know whoever you get support from that's all I care is that people go get support but certainly there are those people who are like so in the thick of it and they're just trying to survive that they're not even at that place of reaching out for help right now. And so I think hopefully they're listening to podcasts or doing something for themselves, some, some type of self care. But then we do see those people who are like, I am so isolated and lonely and overwhelmed. And I'm needing something, I'm needing some kind of support. And so yes, there's been in a way There, in a way, there's a lot more people reaching out. And in a way, I also know, like, pretty soon is when I think we're going to start to really see it as people come out of survival mode
0: mode. Really? Eh. You know, I mean, as you're talking about that, too, I'm also thinking like, I remember last week, I was thinking, when things go back to normal, how am i going to function do you think that that's a common thought or whatever you want to call it
1: i i do and you know i remember having this conversation with one of the therapists who works for me and cuz we've been virtual you know doing th- virtual therapy ever since now since i moved two years ago i've been doing virtual therapy and virtual coaching you know ever since i moved but a lot of other people this is brand new to them and I remember her saying, like, and she's somebody who loves being in person with clients, and I'm the same way like that's the one thing I do miss. I love being in person with clients. It's just a different energy, and you know it's something I enjoy. She loves it, and she said, I don't know. I think this transition back to in person is gonna be really hard and I remember being kind of shocked, like, what you love it? Why would that be hard and then over the last I know it's like a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, yes, because it's almost surreal as as things here in North Carolina are opening up a little bit more. And I remember I, I forgot to bring my mask and I walked into a place and I'm, you know, I'm always wearing it. And it was like this shock. Oh, my gosh. And then I realized, well, technically, we don't have to wear one, even though I disagree with that. But I it was one of those things of like, oh, that's right. What was normal is no longer normal. And so it is going to be an adjustment to get back to that, to get used to that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you guys are way more ahead of the curve than we are. Like in, like I'm in Ottawa, Ontario, and we're still on lockdown. So we're on lockdown till June 2nd, and maybe that will be extended. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But the anxiety of, you know, getting things back to normal. It just feels like, well, what is normal? Exactly. Well, one, is that really behind the curve or is that just being thoughtful about what, you know, like coming out <laughs> of this? I don't know if that's really considered behind the curve, but Well, I think it is because honestly, because you guys have had your vaccinations, I'm just scheduled for mine for June seventh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so to, we're to, like that is a good clarification. <laughs> yeah. To be clear,
1: I I am fully vaccinated and I think that's what allowed me to go into a place like, oh, okay, well, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it was that moment of like, oh crap. And I just went in, it was quick, really grab something and then leave. But I wouldn't have made that choice pre being vaccinated, of course. But so the funny thing is my business is in California, which is much more conservative than North Carolina. And they're, they're way locked down compared to here. And like I said, I live in a very small, well, it's much smaller than the Bay Area. I'm, Silicon Valley is where my business is. And so I think that plays a part, but the reality is like in California, the numbers are fantastic. So yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things, but I agree that after it's been so much time now that we kind of take for granted, like we're going to go back to normal and normal is not going to be the same and it's going to feel weird and it's going to be an adjustment and that's exhausting. So just to remember that, that we have to be really kind to ourselves because as entrepreneurs, we're already juggling way too much, having so much thrown on our plate. And now, again, life just happens. Like we keep having to do all of this in
0: spite of the fact that the world is turned upside down, right? Mm, Yeah, exactly. That's true. And I mean, another thing it's, it's now that you mention it too, is like entrepreneurs, is always tied with the word resilience.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's that expectation. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the hard part. That's what's been coming a lot up a lot for clients of mine or, you know, people that I've either been talking to or working with It's They're like, okay, well, that was last year, this year, like, haven't we figured it out already? Or ha- like, they're expecting themselves to function at 100%. And and my thing is like, well, there you've got to factor in fatigue of everything that's gone on. And we're still In it and it's still unknown and there's still all these new scary things happening. And so this idea that somehow, yeah, if you're a good quote unquote entrepreneur, you need to be resilient. And that means like, all right, suck it up, buttercup. It's time to go. And that's where I think there's no grace for being human. And somehow that we think that's going to reflect on us as, you know, business owners or, you know, human beings. And I feel like people had a lot more compassion and understanding like last year. And this year, it's kind of like, okay, we gave you that time. Now it's, you should be operating full steam ahead. And I
0: just don't think it's realistic. So what type of tips do you leave entrepreneurs with for adjusting to this transition?
1: There's a lot. And some of it is, I try to, you know, when I'm talking to people individually, it's really nice because then you can kind of tailor it. Because I do see there, there are the people who have kind of like shut down and they are not pushing themselves at all to like take care of themselves and take care of things. And and they're just kind of like resigned to it. There's like this hopelessness, a defeatedness. And then there's the people who are like balls to the wall, type A, who are beating themselves up for every little thing. So I think for those two different people, and they're they're still pushing ahead, but but killing themselves doing it. And I think for those two different people, I would have different strategies. But ultimately I would say it really is about this is the boring stuff. I say it's sometimes it's not sexy,
0: but (laughs) (laughs) like managing your finances. (laughs) It's just like managing your
1: finances. (laughs) Important but not sexy. But it's you know really getting clear on your boundaries. And then being clear, like being aware, like where, where is my energy at? You know, what, where's my bandwidth, right? Because even within all of this, people have life circumstances going on, whether that's, you know, relationship troubles or kids that are sick or they're sick themselves or, you know, other family stuff going on, all kinds of things. Right. And so it's like, you might have good weeks and bad weeks and kind of allowing again, yourself some grace on that. But I do think it's the boundaries, like setting boundaries setting clear limits on when you will work and when you're not going to work. Because I think we, in this, we need to give ourselves more rest than we probably feel we would need. And that's one of those things where I think as entrepreneurs, we're usually so like, okay, but I have to get this done. And we push ourselves and then we push ourselves to exhaustion. And then we need either like five days to recover, or we've actually pushed ourselves into true burnout. So sometimes it's just about getting really clear about Okay, I'm noticing this is what happens. This, this is going on. I've got to take care of myself and I've got to give myself some downtime and figure out, are there ways that I can simplify my schedule or my life? Like, so, so those are kind of places I usually start with people.
0: Now you mentioned true burnout versus exhaustion. So if you were, well, like not you as in you, but like in general, like if I were thinking, okay, well, I feel really exhausted. Am I burnt out or, or is this just like, I need a couple of days of downtime? How would I know the difference?
1: That's a great question. I mean, there's there one, it's like, when I think of burnout, I think of it as being chronic. And there are definitely some markers I would say about burnout. I notice And again, it can look a little bit different for some people, but sometimes it's this feeling of, what do you call that? When you emotionally, you're like, I don't really have, I kind of, compassion fatigue. That's the word I was trying to come up with. This is the, this is my COVID bane of existence that. I continually lose my words. And as a therapist and podcaster, there couldn't be a worse thing. So I'm always like, what's you call it? What's my jig? Oh my, you know? I like
0: that too. I always thought it was because I was old. I know.
1: <laughs> that, I've, that probably is part of it. But realistically, I know that it's all been exacerbated. So if you're having that problem up there, you are not alone. But yeah, so we, I think we start to see this kind of there's no more well to like build into. So we are, we don't, we don't feel as much compassion for others. It can be that like our tolerance is so low. Like I know for me, and you know, I've battled through like major burnout before. And then, you know, so I have to be always mindful because it's one of those things like I I can be all or nothing. And so even like being super short with people, like having no patience with your family or your employees or just feeling, you know, like extra triggered by stuff with your clients. And not really, there's no, there's no flexibility or wiggle room because you're like, I am at my limit and I have no more, you know, that can be one sign uh, that it's like burnout, right? Mm -hmm. And I I think it's about understanding that you could take a week off and the way that your life is set up, you're never going to get that chance to truly Catch up, rest, rejuvenate, because all you're doing is taking a breather from the situation that isn't that is set up to keep you in that place of exhaustion. So I think of it just as a more chronic issue, and then it can Im- start to really impact your health. I mean, once you start seeing that kind of stuff, you know, and just like you said, not having any resilience, that probably is another one. Perfect.
0: Now let's talk about, you know, you being a business owner and having ADHD. You know, some of my most favorite entrepreneur friends have ADHD. And, you know, they often talk about it can be a struggle. So would you like to share your experience as a business owner? Oh, absolutely. Some of my favorite people in the world have ADHD. And the
1: reality is that they estimate that 40% of entrepreneurs have ADHD. So right? and, and there are reasons for that, that I okay. 100% Love to hear understand. Series. Okay, <laughs> but, Yeah, and I'll come back to that for sure. Okay. Or you may have to remind me, you know, squirrel. But <laughs> the reality is, it can be such a blessing and such a curse, right? So the the thing that is a struggle is sometimes people will misinterpret that or think like that means you're flighty or you're not that smart or that you're not on top of things and you're not a quote unquote good business owner. And people with ADHD often will feel that same way. Like if I just did it better, I could get all of this done. You know, and there, there, there are actual brain differences that that make that a challenge. And so we have like time blindness, which makes us be in this place where some people, there are a lot of people I know with ADHD are just really diligent about never being late because that was something that they got in like a lot of trouble with when they were younger or, you know, it's just, it's like a value to them, but they're constantly over overloading themselves. Like, and that is me. Like, I will schedule so many things back to back to back and it's just rush, 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 go, go, go. It's like this adrenaline thing and it's overwhelming. And what inevitably ends up happening is then you get to the end of whatever that period of time is and you're just exhausted and you forget, legitimately forget about actual major things you needed to do or these things that are, that are so small and simple but can seem like almost impossible to get done. For me, that's like taxes and getting stuff to the post office. I don't know why, and I try all these strategies, but inevitably if there're going to be something that, you know, like I drop the ball on, it's going to be those two things and and, I can and see usually why
0: taxes would be the, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> be Basically, one of the anything you- <laughs> boring or administrative, I'm like, Meh, no. <laughs> but on the upside, my experience is most people, or at least the entrepreneurs, I guess that I'm seeing. Are really intelligent, but they are kind of like run by a motor and they're go, 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 and they're big ideas and they're taking on new things, or they're like, oh, that sounds fun, and they impulsively agree to things. And so they sometimes do miss those details. And then at the same time, sometimes when we're in hyper focus mode, like we can be like detail crazy people. Like we can get so much done when we're in a hyper focus, but unfortunately, it often requires like our interest in it. And we have to be kind of enthusiastic about it. And as you know, many things in business eventually become boring because like the start of a project's fun, but the end of a project is not. And so you'll see a lot of people where they, and I'm notorious for this, like 70% done. And so, and if you just expect yourself to one day finish it all now, sometimes we do obviously, but it's, it's so much easier when we hire somebody to help us with that. (laughs) That is one of my, my tricks is delegation all the way. But yeah, it's a blessing and a curse for sure. And I didn't even know I had ADHD until I was in my uh, early forties. And it was such a relief and probably, I know for other people, it feels very stigmatizing, but I'm trying to normalize like there's nothing, you know, wrong with this. And as a therapist, like I think it's important. I didn't even know. And I was like so relieved. Like, Oh my gosh, all these things that I thought were just serious character defects, I now understand why they're happening. And for me, I feel like if you understand why it's happening, then you can find a tactic or solution for it, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Or why did I you know, drop that ball on that thing again? And you just feel terrible, you know? And there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame involved. I'm really curious
0: as to how you found out at the age of, like in your 40s.
1: Well... And this is not uncommon, especially for women. Often women don't get diagnosed because we as kids usually get diagnosed when you're in school because like you're acting out like boys are mm-hmm. acting out or whatever, and they tend to act out more. Girls tend to be more social. So it's kind of like socially acceptable. Now, some it's so clear, right? But, you know, I grew up in the 70s that wasn't nobody really paid attention to that stuff. It's just like every report card said, I talk too much. <laughs> and uh, little did they know that was my life's vocation. But it was like, that's what I was meant to do, obviously. But I had three kids in four and a half years. I had three businesses. I lived in Silicon Valley and it's very hot. Go, go, go. High pressure financially. And then my son had a major accident. And like after that, I just, I was already burnt out and it just like, I could never get ahead and then I started seeing a therapist, uh, like a new therapist that I had seen before, but not for individual. And when I started seeing her, she's like, well, I think you have ADHD. And she also has ADHD. And then I told all my friends who are therapists and they're like, well, duh. And I'm like, well, why didn't nobody tell me this? Like, <laughs> you know, like one <laughs> the, the best kept secret. <laughs> I know. I was like, come on. You all had this thought. Like, tell me these things. So sometimes it's so funny even understanding it because it can look so different in adults. And especially when you're high achieving, I'm somebody who made goals and achieved them. I ran, I run the household, I run everything. I'm in charge. Like I'm very type A. And, you know, my, my ADHD shows up very like obsessive type. So like, it didn't look necessarily look like the spacey traditional one that people think of. And so like, I wasn't aware, I was like, I'm just me, you know? And so yeah, it actually took going back after all of this stuff, life stuff happened and having somebody say something. And then I went through the evaluation and got medication. And I remember... I was moving into a new office space and I took the medication for the first time. Cause I, even though I know better and I talked to my clients about this, like I still was nervous cause you, I'm like, Oh, how is this? How am I going to react? I was like, I definitely can't take it and see clients first. And I took it and I would, I built an IKEA book, bookcase and I realized I felt nothing like there was, you don't feel different. You feel very calm. And I was like, wow, I just like built it. And there was no like negotiations or, oh, I should just give this up. Maybe I'll come back later. It literally was just this focus and calm. I'm like, pill With one pill. And I was like, "Damn, this is what normal people feel like. (laughs) It was amazing. And then the funny thing is working, you know, with so many couples, again, in Silicon Valley, lots of business owners or startup CEOs are really high achieving professionals. And when you have couples therapy, so many times, one or both of the partners have ADHD. Now, I've seen people, I see people for infidelity and everything. But I'd see a lot of people because it causes a lot of stress in marriages. Because you you can be forgetful. Again, it, it shows up different for everybody, but there can be you know this impulsiveness or all these other behaviors that cause problems in marriages. And so I hear I was like working with all these people, and and then I and it was like this is my thing. Like I want to help people. Like you need to know there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the way your brain works different. Let's figure that out. And then, you know, doing that work with couples and then also the entrepreneur themselves, like it was, it's just like my life's calling. I feel like I'm here to like stop having us feel like crap and beat ourselves up and feel so much shame for just being, you know, neurotypical or I mean, sorry, neurodiverse. We're not neurotypical.
0: Okay. Well, that's amazing. Okay. So you're, you're medicated now, but do you ever have any sort of like, not relapse, but like a revisit of, you know, ADHD behaviors? Oh, hundred percent.
1: And so to be clear, taking the pills, like I still struggle. I still have those things. Okay. What it does help me do is kind of like, it. it's like a calming and allows me to really just focus. And because with ADHD, the paradox is, the harder we try to focus, like they do brain scans, that normally when you focus your brain, parts of your brain will like light up if you're like on a brain scan. But when okay. you have ADHD, it doesn't, it actually, the more you try to concentrate, it doesn't light up. So it's not allowing you to stay on task, to stay focused, to be here. That That's not how our brain works. So it's like the harder you try, the more futile it can be. And so what the medication for me, and again, medication is not for everybody and you don't have to do it. But my, my stage of life, like I just needed it. Like I was yeah. in that place. And so it helps me in that focus. But the reality is I've notoriously gone a couple of months without taking it because every day I forget. And then by mm-hmm. the time I remember, it's like too late in the day and then I can't take it because I don't want to be up all night. So it's one of those things. But even if you take the medication, you, there's still these behavioral patterns or, you know, it's it's not this magic cure-all. So there are so many other things I do, like exercise and diet make a difference. And, you know, the way we structure our lives, like I could take the highest dose of pills and I see this with some people and then they do nothing else to help themselves behaviorally and they don't get sleep and they eat like crap and they do all this stuff there, it's not going to make a difference. Just like taking an antidepressant doesn't make a difference if you are still like drinking every day and you didn't change any of your behavior patterns, you know? Mm, yeah. So it's, it's not a cure-all. So I, I will put that out there. And, and I have many clients and friends who don't take medication. It really, the behavioral piece is really helpful. But just for me in the everything i have going on and i guess maybe the way my brain works i it works so well for me and especially when like i have a lot of things going on like i like i said i had gone months you know without having any because we had moved here and we switched providers and it was just like a hassle and but i wasn't but i was kind of like my business was in like maintenance mode and i see my clients and do my thing but once i relaunched what i'm doing now and launched the membership it was like so many other pieces are going on. Like I have to have something to help me focus, right? Beyond okay. even making sure I get good sleep, making sure I, you know, eat, eat well and exercise, like even beyond and all the other things, the socialization, all of it, right? To me, it's just one of those things. It's, it's just unique in that, but I just want to be sure that people don't think it's like the magic cure. And then you feel like crap because you're like, Oh, I still screwed that up. I still. Jacked up my taxes this year until the last day. So I, it, luckily it got in and I was like, everything was done in January. It's, it literally feels insane when I say it, but it's like as business owners, it's not like I, you know, I've said this to, I had somebody helping me as an assistant and I'm like, it's not like I just had that one task and I'm ignoring uploading my taxes, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not that I have. 50 tasks. I have clients, I have staff, I have, you know, people I'm collaborating with and working with and all the, and three kids and a husband and all these other things going on. So every day it's like, I'm having to reassess, like, what's the priority, what's important. And like, what am I going to get done? And unfortunately, without actually putting it on my schedule, like that tax thing was always going to be forgotten, you know? And so it's one of those things, like you still need to behaviorally set stuff up in your life to finish it.
0: Okay. That's a really good tip for people who, you know, especially for business finances and taxes <laughs> that aren't exactly, you know, the the priority, but, you know, make it a priority and, it, and schedule it in. Is it has to be.
1: And you know, the irony of, the, and this is where I think people start to feel bad. And I think I've done so much work on this, like the, I've let go of a lot of the shame and it doesn't mean I still have bad days where I'm like, Oh my God, what is wrong with me? You know, I get like, cause I'm a human, I have bad days. But I even have an hour every week where I look at finances, I deal with finances, I, I go through things. So you would think I would do the taxes during that one hour. <laughs> a week, but no, because it, because that wasn't my routine, and that's the key yeah. of it. Okay, it literally needs to be. I if I had just put that down for a Monday in my little task thing, it would have gotten done. But because I, I that's what I've learned is. Having routines is really important for me because then I can go on automatic pilot and just get it done that's why I don't lose things very often. And I know where everything is. Everything is a routine and I need to do that. And it's like super easy for me as much as I can make a routine, right? And then when it's not a routine, that's when it's like, oh, did I remember to do that? You know, that kind of thing.
0: Well, you know, I really appreciate you being so open about this and coming and talking on the show about this. Because I think that, as you said, you know, 40% of entrepreneurs have ADHD. So If there's an entrepreneur out there listening and they can resonate with this, I mean, this is super awesome. So thank you so much for for coming today. If there's one thing that you want listeners to walk away from, from this conversation, what would that be? I feel like I want to like
1: cheat the question and say, well, on one hand, if, if, if this can help normalize for anybody that there's nothing wrong with you, that if you have something going on, whether it is depression or anxiety or ADHD or anything else, like, I think there's a lot about learning to accept yourself and not beat yourself up for that. And then figure out like, how can I support myself the best way possible? Thinking about like, originally we were, you know, talking about like, overwhelm and kind of strategies for that. My takeaway would be, I think there's a lot you can do when you take that step back. You know, a lot of people will talk about this, right? Like the famous book, The E-Myth Revisited, where it's like working on your business. You have to take that step back to address what, what is, what does my life look like? How is it set up? Is it set up to support me feeling focused and calm or is it set up to make me feel crappy and burnt out and chaotic? Right. And so I think there are ways to address overwhelm by just taking that step back and looking at what am I committed to? What is it that I want my week to look like? Like, what do I want my work week to look like? My family time, my personal time, you know, all of that. And it can feel like, Oh, well, there's so many things. And yes, there is, but we can make choices. And sometimes sacrifices so that it serves like our bigger picture of what we're looking to get out of our business and our life, right? That's great.
0: So if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: Well, by the time this airs, I will have officially made my transition for my podcast name. So I've had My Biz Bestie for the last like three and a half years. And it was, I love it. And it's a passion project. It's still going to be there. We're just renaming, or I'm renaming to the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur. So they could go listen to the easily distracted entrepreneur podcast, they can head on over to amberholly.com or mybizbestie. It'll auto forward for all the people who are used to that one. The podcast, there's lots of tidbits and information and there's opportunities if you want to do like a, I call them SOS sessions. So sometimes people just need to talk through, okay, this is the challenge I'm facing or here's a problem I need help with or whatever. And, and other times it's more like figuring out strategy or you know, kind of bigger picture stuff in their business. So, but they can just head on over there on awesome. all those places.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And we're going to leave the links in the show notes. So for those of you who are driving and you can't write it down or whatever's going on, you can always come back and get those links from the show notes. So thank you so much, Amber, for joining us today. I yes. really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business Society Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away.